The Night Owl Podcast, Episode 16, Buenos Aires Cafe, Part 2. Welcome to The Night Owl Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Ballou, and this is a place for all you restless spirits out there to tune in and hear true tales of the paranormal. I hunt these stories down, capture them from the mouths of those who experience them, and share them with you, right here. If you have a story to tell, we're currently looking for more personal ghost stories, so if you or someone you know has one, please submit it to us for consideration. Go to thenightowlpodcast.com, click on the Submit Your Story page, and let us hear your ghost story. We'd love to consider it for the show. In this episode, we travel back to this quaint Argentinian restaurant at the corner of Waller and East 6th Street in Austin, Texas. Here, at Buenos Aires Café, many of the staff have experienced a presence they all believe to be a male spirit that seems to be hiding out in the building's basement, which was recently converted into a speakeasy called Milonga. Now, my team and I investigate the claims and involve our clairvoyant friend Sarah to see if she can locate any entities residing in the building and offer up any validation for what the majority of the staff have felt, heard, and in many cases seen with their very own eyes. And although this case takes some interesting twists and turns, we'll discover who might be residing in this old building and why exactly they are making themselves known to the staff. Stay tuned. If you're new to the show, a quick note. This podcast is best devoured in chronological order, so we highly recommend that you stop here and begin your journey with us on Episode 1, Ink, Coffee, and Spirits. Trust me, it's worth it to travel alongside us because we've made some incredible revelations in regards to the paranormal with each case, and honestly, if you skip around, you just won't have the same incredible experience that we did. This episode is brought to you by Oh Boy Print Shop. When you need custom t-shirts, this shop's got your back. At Oh Boy, they've made customer satisfaction and quality their top priorities. Their aim is to supply you with quality products that meet your every need, specializing in custom screen printing for organizations, clothing companies, schools, businesses, and even events. Big or small, Oh Boy is here to help. Crisp, clean t-shirt printing without setup fees or hidden costs, and always delivered on time. Ohboyprintshop.com. That's O-H-B-O-Y, printshop.com. And now, mention the Night Owl podcast and get $50 off your first order. As a recap, owner Paula and seven other of her employees at Buenos Aires Cafe had shared personal unexplained experiences that they each had. Activity started off with things that Paula could just shrug off. Dishes falling, sound of footsteps in the building, and an overall feeling of someone else in the room with you. But things eventually escalated to full-bodied apparition sightings. Now, many of the staff claim to have witnessed a tall, shadowy male figure in the basement speakeasy, Milonga. His presence is so strong and felt by everyone that they've actually given him a name, Leon. Paola felt that this was the sole entity haunting her restaurant, believed he mostly resided in the basement, and she expressed that she wanted to know more about who he was, why he was bothering the staff, and what he really wanted. Now let's go back to December 1st. While I was conducting our initial set of interviews at Buenos Aires Café, my team members Alexis and Franklin were taking notes and surveying the building and activity hotspots to see if there were any rational explanations for the experiences the staff were having. We knew we wanted to bring Sarah here, but first we wanted to offer up some rational explanations. One thing we always do is take electromagnetic field or EMF baseline readings of a location we're investigating. Sadly, the paranormal TV shows and movies have done a disservice to everyone interested in paranormal research by treating an EMF detector as a ghost detector. Instead, we here on the Night Owl team use EMF detectors for its actual purpose, 
to detect EMF levels, not from ghosts, but from actual sources scientifically proven to emit EMF, like electronic equipment. We as humans in the natural world all emit EMF, but they are at lower intensity levels. Electronics emit EMF at a much higher intensity and can actually cause an array of health issues. The scientific research on the symptoms and reactions to high EMF exposure are still being studied, so it isn't definitive yet. But some documented studies show prolonged exposure has side effects, and some of these might include feelings of anxiety, and in some rare cases, hallucinations. So taking a baseline and also finding high EMF hotspots helps us determine if this could play into multiple people feeling or seeing something in a particular area. Another theory my night owl team is constantly testing is that paranormal activity is more active in areas that are emitting intense levels of PMF. What started this hypothesis for me was our case in New Braunfels on the Restless series. If you can recall, I'd grown extremely ill sitting on our client's couch and had to be taken out of the home. We learned that there was dangerously high levels of EMF coming from their breaker box on the exterior wall where I was sitting. When Sarah came and saw the spirit Zach there, she saw him the strongest and more grounded right where I actually got sick, by the wall and window of this living room. This got me thinking back to the tavern case, even before the restless case, with the spirit of Walter, and how Sarah discovered him hiding under the stairs, and it was a closet for all the power and television cables in the building. So now, while on cases, I love to check EMF levels and help rule out any sickness as a potential reason for that feeling of someone behind you or watching you, which could be anxiety and hallucinations, which could explain sightings, both of which we had reported here on this case. There was also the lights flickering in Milonga we wanted to tackle as well. So following my interviews, I caught up with Franklin to get an update from him and his readings. So the baseline is really high. It's four. Um, well, most of the room is around three and a half, four. But this AC unit is, uh, you just watch it go up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you were to stand here for like 15 minutes, you would just collapse. Okay. Yeah. I got to get But also realize this is, this is the spot. Also, she said that people are seeing things, this part and that spot. But also you have vents, so air vents, so you're going to feel drafts. If you are like you, who's super sensitive to the EMF, you're going to get nauseous or agitated, maybe minor hallucinations. Abnormally high EMF. Throughout the whole building. Yeah. Throughout the whole building. And I don't know if that's from all the exposed wires or if they just don't have any like electrical control or if they're using super old technology so it's there's no choke on it it'd be good to let her know about it though she might want to help fix that in case it's causing some yeah we'll see how it is downstairs yeah that's that's good to figure out as well how about in the kitchen I haven't checked the kitchen. Okay, let's, check let's go check the kitchen. Yeah, because one of the spots she showed, there's literally wire connections on either side of the door. Okay, let's check that out. We moved into the kitchen where a lot of activity had been reported. Dishes falling onto Manny's head. Chef Chris witnessing a plate of empanadas slide across the line. A general feeling of someone near you, and a figure darting in and out of the swinging doors had been seen as well. The EMF in here is also fairly high. It's almost four. Yeah. But it's also you have all this equipment going. Yeah. So it's going to be abnormally high. Then I had Franklin go directly to the kitchen line where the dishes had fallen and the plate had been moved on its own. We were surprised to find that the EMF levels were significantly higher here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Say it out loud so I have it. Uh, right now, the baseline at the line is at seven. And then the higher you get to like where the plates are, where the uh, conduits are, it's closer to eight, ten. Okay. Yeah. Normal household EMF ranges from 0.5 to 2.5 milligauss. 
And here, we were finding that the upstairs of the cafe was a baseline level of 4, and on the kitchen line, levels were up as high as 10. But levels like this are sometimes expected in areas with kitchen appliances and equipment. But also keep in mind, in New Braunfels, where you got sick, we're talking like 70s. Hundreds. Yeah, yeah like 70s and 100s. Yeah. But you have to be super, super sensitive. Yeah. Well, like you. Maybe even more sensitive than you. Yeah. So that might not be like a total explanation for every single thing that they've right. been reporting. It's hard to say yet if high EMF exposure is the answer for everything people have experienced here. And Franklin went on to inform me that you have to be sensitive to it. Some people are, like I discovered I was in the New Braunfels case. And even then, I had to be exposed to it for a prolonged amount of time to feel the effects of it. And the levels there were much, much higher than they were here in this building. And what I felt was straight up nausea and a severe headache. I didn't see shadows or feel a presence around me. And plates sure as hell didn't come flying at my head. So we just noted the high EMF levels and decided to move down into the basement in Milonga to get a baseline down there. Okay, so the baseline reading so far is much more nominal down here than upstairs. Uh, it's around, you know, close to 2, say like 1.75 if this were digital. But as you can see, it's kind of ticking, which I'm guessing is because it's coming in waves from upstairs because it's just kind of like circulating up there and I'm pretty sure it's just sinking down here. It was interesting that the EMF was much lower and at a normal level in the basement in Milonga because from my interviews, this space was where most employees felt uncomfortable and the alarming number of apparition sightings were reported here as well. Another experience I wanted Franklin's thoughts on were the lights flickering in Milonga. I knew employee Allison had had an experience where she had begun to notice that the light she was standing under would flicker and when she moved, the new light she was under would begin to flicker and the other would stop. There were others like Sydney and Paola who also had witnessed similar instances with the lights flickering in Milonga as well. It's interesting that she mentioned when someone stands under the lights that the light flickers. There's an actual phenomenon for that. It's called uh, SLI or street lamp interference phenomenon because people will walk on your street lamps and stand on the street lamps and they'll think that it's flickering because that person is standing under it and there's been a lot of documented cases and a lot of papers written about it but there's been a lot of well you know these street lamps could be flickering because of anything heat electricity bulbs being old also most of those street lamps are old phosphorus bulbs or heat sodium bulbs so they're going to flicker more often than not because of age all of these are LED, but you can see they're actually already flickering because of the, um, the dimmer. And LEDs don't work so hot on a dimmer unless you have the perfect dimmer with the perfect LED driver to drive the correct current and wattage to the bulb. So what it's, base, what it's doing is not flickering, it's oscillating. So it's basically seeing a sine wave and just basically repeating that. And if we were to put this up next to it, you would see the meter just do this because it's oscillating with it okay so it's not so much a paranormal event as much as it is an electrical event at this very moment we were actually witnessing this pulsating happening on a few of the can ceiling lights in milonga up here the that light above anthony is actually pulsating yeah, you see pulsating it this yeah. Whole time. yeah let's try that theory out with your uh, yeah, so if we put this right next to it you can see um oh yeah see how okay. when it dims it pops back and forth yeah it's just it's just oscillating with the actual current i grabbed bala to show her the lights and ask her if that's what they'd been witnessing too with the lights we're noticing the like the pulsing mm -hmm. is that the same as the flicker that you see or are you seeing a full on and off it's like a full on and off 
So that's different. Like that, what we just seen, it's like random. It's different. Uh, we see the lights going like this, and then I'll come in, and the second I, because Sandra, my GM, will be watching the cameras, and then I'll come in, and then they will be like completely off. So you see them flickering on the surveillance? Flickering, okay. yes. Okay. It's happened many times. What did you see? Uh, we, we saw a flicker. We just saw oh, a you flicker. just saw a flicker. Yeah, yeah. Just flicker. What was that? We're trying to figure out which one it was so we can... There's one of these here. Yeah, there's one of these that cut out of the corner of my eye. All right, let's just walk down and see. So what would that mean, a flicker like that on an LED? There's a lot of variables, yeah. wiring, electricity. All of these lights have, um, there's a great example at the very end over there. Oh, just did it again. You just did it again. But it was over here? It was both of those. Both of these? No, those two behind Oh, those two. So if the, if the light... The LED light isn't making a good enough contact in that crimper, and the smallest vibration hits it, it'll have a slight disconnect, and it'll flicker. The longer that they're on, and then the more that they heat up, the more that the metal and the plastic expands. And so, again, if it doesn't have a good connection and expands, it could c cause, you know, a short circuit. Okay. There yeah. yeah. So, right, so the light flickered. Um, and then it flickered, and then about a half a second after it flickered, the, the meter then uh, flipped back and forth like like a delay almost. And I don't know if it's an actual delay or if it's a kind of like a an, an aftershock or a before shock of the electrical pulse. Yeah. Uh, wh how high did it go? I mean, right now we're at uh, three milligauss, so it went from a half a milligauss. So two and a half to three. Okay. Not, 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 not much. Not much. Okay. But enough to make it, you know, move back and forth. After spending some time with the lights, I felt that there were some very reasonable explanations for the disturbances the staff had witnessed. It may not be the actual explanation for what they saw, but with electronic malfunctions, I always tend to lean on the skeptical side. There are just too many mechanical and technical variables that could be the source of the phenomena. But there was one other thing that I wanted Franklin's opinion on before we wrapped up this part of his investigation. I'd recently learned of one other interesting phenomena that Paola and the cafe were noticing. Since setting up the shrines for Leon, Paola continually began leaving him offerings of coffee, liquor, and cigarettes. It wasn't long before she noticed that the liquids were going down, significantly. And she wondered, could Leon actually be drinking the offerings? Talk to me about the offerings and uh, <clears throat> the drinks, the coffees, the... Mm -hmm. The liquors, I believe you had mentioned that they go down or they look like they're being Yeah, drank. for sure. I give him this coffee, I want to say, at the beginning of the week. He definitely had some. I made, If I make it too strong, he doesn't drink it. If I make it very light, it goes down very fast. White liquor, he prefers white liquor over dark liquor. Like, he does not appreciate, like, honey, you know, kind of like rums or whiskeys, whiskeys or, like, things like that. Nothing too strong. How often do you fill up the drinks? About once a week. And then how significant has the coffee actually gone down, like, to your recollection? Uh, the most has been, like, maybe about, like, this much. Here, Paola signaled about one inch with her fingers, which is a pretty significant amount. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's possible to things to evaporate that quickly, but mm -hmm. has that ever come across your mind, like evaporation? Because uh, it's very random. Sometimes I give him coffee, and, like, the first time I looked at it, and, like, it was significantly gone, and it was the next day that I checked. Because I wasn't sure, like, once I came over and gave the coffee, and I was like, okay, well, then should I give it to him every 
day, once a week, once a month, when I, I remember. So I was kind of like gauging that. Um, so I kind of like stopped it like once a week. If you could, could you grab it real fast? Yep. Um, you know, when you pour coffee and stuff, if it's set over a while, there'll be a ring where the old one was. Do you ever wash it out and replace it? Or is because I'm curious if the line sometimes might be the line from a previous pour or something. I'm just Oh, no, no. We cleaned the cup completely. Okay. Cool. Yes. Good to know. Oh, yes, for sure. We've given him white liquor and then, like, dark liquor. And then white liquor will be like this. And the other one will be like, hmm, not that much. Franklin, what are your thoughts right now so far? Um, everything is easily explainable so far. You have um, LED chips that, you know, could be faulty. You have, you know, the wrong current being passed to them or on dimmers that could not be adequate to dim them. Even the electrician that installed them told them that, you know, flickering is going to be a common theme. The upstairs is flooded with mirrors and glass windows and reflective surfaces, so you're going to see all kinds of shadows, all kinds of reflections. It's going to be like a a Doppler effect. When something passes, it's just going to bounce everywhere. But she did say that everything that is seen is down here. Um, So that's limited by, you know... You do have a couple mirrors around, and you do have one large mirror across the back wall. And they do keep the lights dim and and dark and a lot of candlelight. So candles are known to waver and dim in and out. And you have mirrors and you have, uh, you know, a lot of shadow effect play. So it could just be trick of the eye. It could be anything, really. Um, In terms of offerings uh, like the coffee and alcohol, she said that uh, they didn't like the strong coffee and they liked the light coffee. Well, that's easily explainable by evaporation rates. Strong coffee is going to have a higher mineral content, so the evaporation rate is going to be much lower. A lighter coffee is going to have a lower mineral rate, so the evaporation rate is going to be much higher. Also, the the humidity in here is around 46%, so, you know, it's a little bit drier down here, so the evaporation rate could be more uh, more rapid in some instances. And then we don't know ha- what happens when the AC unit is running on uh, or turned on. I'm assuming when it's on, the humidity is going to drop even lower, so your evaporation rates will be even higher. If you can recall from the first part of the series, The staff were believing that some of the plumbing issues they were dealing with was also tied to Leon, the male spirit in the basement. So I asked Franklin about those issues as well. Um, As far as the plumbing, I I got nothing. I mean, we would have to, like, tear down the ceiling, the wall, everything. Um, I mean, there's no telling what's going on behind the panels. Uh, So for me, I would say most of it is all easily explained. Um, Naturally, when people are unsure of the unknown and you try to force them to go into areas that's just going to make it more hyped up and more tense and and you've got the connotation of a basement already right. uh, basements have this sort of Which vibe about them that something we don't have in texas we don't have basements so that's already weird uh, yeah yeah after spending a good amount of time surveying the hot spots and testing theories there were definitely some things i believed we could offer up some rational explanations for I feel that the lights are especially difficult to attribute paranormal activity to. LEDs on a dimmer have the tendency to react in this way, and we even noticed it while we were there. The evaporation was a theory I wanted to do some more research on later and see if I could test it from home. The plumbing issues were another thing I just couldn't get on board to say it's paranormal just yet. Again, mechanical and electrical issues have too many rational reasons for malfunctioning to easily just say something paranormal is causing them. 
Lastly, with the sightings of the figures, Franklin offered up the idea that the mirrors and reflections could easily be an answer for this. However, this is one common report I couldn't easily dismiss because of the number of eyewitnesses to this activity, and many reported the same attributes in the figure that they saw. Both female and male employees reported seeing a tall, male shadow figure, and at least three of them were specific enough to describe the figure as being six foot tall. And to drive this point home, many of the eyewitnesses, both women and men, were under six foot. So that helps rule out them seeing their own dark reflection or shadow. Candlelight, reflections, and cars passing by create moving flashes of shadows. But not long enough to generate a detailed account of the shadow figure many of these staff were reporting that corroborated each other's sightings. This presence, the staff had named Leon, and whom many had seen with their very own eyes, was the most intriguing part of this case for me. But with my history... I know I'm not sensitive to things, and I wouldn't see a ghost if it walked up and screamed in my face. So I knew I had to get Sarah here. But Franklin had offered up a lot of really rational possibilities for many of the reports. So I wondered, what are the chances that we don't find anything on a case for once? Could this be the first one where Sarah walks in and says, Sorry, I got nothing. Quite honestly, I was a little nervous about this. Realizing that we had a serious number of staff members truly believing in the resident ghost. What would happen if Sarah came in and said there wasn't any? Or, what if she came in and said that something else was here? So on the following day, December 2nd, early in the morning, the team and I had Sarah meet us on East 6th Street near Buenos Aires Cafe. The staff hadn't quite arrived yet, so we were locked out for the time being. Bring me. At the corner of Waller and East 6th Street, there was a ton of construction going on, and Sarah was picking up on a lot of energies and spirits roaming around and kind of passing by. But soon enough, a staff member arrived and let us in the building. I wanted Sarah to find a quiet spot, sit with her sketchbook, and see what came to her. Let's just sit right here in this main dining area and then kind of let you get your bearings. Okay. Immediately, she began picking up on things and sketching in her sketch pad. What do you see? There's one, two, two actual building spirits. The rest, the rest are just passerby. Name, can I have your name? Tu nombre, que es tu nombre? So it sounds like it's her that I want. She won't give me a name. It's okay. I'm having a hard time describing him. Uh, he's more, um, a little fuller, mostly like in the middle. It's not the building, it's like the space, kind of like, um, he just likes to be in the space. This is his sp- mostly back here, like traveling through these spaces here. Sarah kind of jumped right in and started describing what she was getting, and it took us a while to catch on that she was seeing two spirits upstairs already. A male spirit seemed to occupy the space on the left side of the dining area. This is the section on the other side of the partition wall. Something to take note of is this is the exact spot Paula had imitated the footsteps she and many closing managers hear from their office below at closing time. I'll hear, like, steps or moving furniture, and I'm thinking, what are they going to, what are they doing you know, are they 
did they come back? And are they moving for Is there somebody in the building? So I will go upstairs and look around. There's no one. And that happened enough times to where I figured, I was like, okay, well, <laughs> all right, whoever you are, leave me alone. But Sarah was being pulled to the bar and kitchen area now, where a female spirit seemed to be drawing most of her attention. And then there's a... I think it's female, but it would be in your kitchen area. She'll come out, she'll greet over here. But when you're cleaning up is when she, you get the most activity, when it's nice and dark, everybody's already left. You're cleaning, you'll either hear something. And it's usually in the kitchen bar, that's her. Here's a clip I want to replay of Allison's interview from part one of the series. I was downstairs and I heard a rack of glasses fall from upstairs and I heard a door shut. I was thinking I had not locked this gate so that maybe like a homeless person, because they usually hang out like over here, had broken in and then maybe they were looking for food. So I grabbed a butcher knife and I started like screaming who's there and I go upstairs and like as I kick the door open, the rack of glasses that I I thought I heard hit the floor. I mean, like 50 pounds of glass was just sitting there. And so I was like, you know, but maybe like there's still somebody here because the kitchen door on the other side over here, it swings open. And I was like, so I started doing this like jump back and forth through the door and I ran and I turned all the lights on and I'm like, who's here? And then it was just nothing. And I just like, I dropped the knife and I went and I got my phone. And again, I just left and left lights on. I was like, okay, I'm getting out. So far, the areas of activity and some of what Sarah is describing is lining up with some of the reports from the staff. But what's strange is that she's seen two spirits, and the stronger presence appears to be the female in the kitchen area. Everyone I interviewed felt there was one spirit here, and that it was the same male presence from the basement. So this wasn't adding up. Yet. It's not bad activity. It's not too bad. She's not giving me a name, but earlier I got, um, it must have been her name. She got, got a name and she wrote it down. I got like a Paolo, Paolo. That's the name I got. And you said you're Paola? Mm-hmm. So who gave you that name? He did. I asked for her name and that was the name he gave me, but that wasn't, I don't think that's, I think that's your name he was trying to give me as a reference. Let me see if I can get her to, if I can get her still enough to talk to me, I can, I'll, I probably need to shift around a little bit. And then I'm getting, for some reason, like an image of the, like the counter, like a steel counter on the, like on a kitchen. So a steel counter on the kitchen, I'm getting like this, I guess like when you clean the counter of the kitchen or swipe the stuff off the counter of the kitchen. I don't know what she's trying to say. In this moment, I remembered something from Chef Chris's interview that I thought might tie into what Sarah's seeing now, but I kept it to myself. I wanted to see if she got more on this when we made it into the actual kitchen. It'll come to me. Let me give it a minute. She's flooding me now with images, but she hasn't given me a name yet. It's what I want. You want to move into the kitchen? Yeah. Yeah, Let's go in there and see, see if you pick up anything. Making our way into the kitchen. This is better. That's what it is. This is where she likes to be. There must be a lot of really good activity that happens here because this is her space. She loves it here. Again, the kitchen was one of the two biggest hotspots for activity based on the staff reports. If you can recall, prep cook Magdalena felt a strong presence with her when she worked in the kitchen. Pastry chef Skye felt the same presence and witnessed a plate fall for no reason. 
Chef Chris had some odd experiences in here as well, and Manny had the dishes thrown at him many times here. There had also been some reports of people seeing a shadow figure moving in and out of the swinging doors and through the kitchen itself. So I wanted to ask Sarah more about what she was getting from this female spirit. Can you describe her anymore? Is there any other features you're getting? So, um, yeah, I didn't give you a description. I'm so sorry. So she's somewhere in between your two heights, like somewhere in there, maybe a little bit taller. Sarah pointed to Paula and another female employee here, but they were way under six foot tall. So I was mentally making a note about the size of this spirit versus the size of the reported male spirit. But what I began to realize in this moment, and something very important to take note of now, was that every person that reported clearly seeing a six-foot male presence reported that specific sighting took place downstairs in the basement. But I didn't interrupt Sarah. I wanted her to continue with what she was getting here in the kitchen. And I'd get back to this observation later. Sarah continued with details of the female spirit in the kitchen. Very, very thin long, really pretty hair, but it's mostly tied up on the side. Her age would be probably in her 30s, maybe, I'd say mid-30s. This is her whole space, greeting people coming in, seeing people coming in, nothing too crazy, just the energy of the people coming in makes her, fills her all the time. She loves the noises in the kitchen. I don't understand what it means, but the counters, for some reason, she keeps doing like this clearing motion. I don't know what that means. It might mean something to y'all, but I'm seeing like it's hectic. There's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of stuff on the counters and she's just sweeping it off and, and I don't know, doing this weird, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it means. Uh, that's, I can just tell you what the picture is. I don't know exactly what she wants. So again, Sarah picks up on this image of this female spirit sliding her hand or something across the stainless steel kitchen line. Sarah is actually standing near the line and motioning this. What's interesting is that there's a story that Chef Chris shared about one of his experiences at this exact spot that I felt might be connected to what Sarah is actually seeing right now. Here's the clip of Chris's experience one more time. Then another time we were working on the line uh, upstairs and I was prepping and I had one of my cooks next to me prepping and there was a plate with an empanada on the actual counter to be picked up. We were both kind of looking down prepping and we could see it move across to this side. We both stopped what we were doing and we looked at each other like, you saw you saw that, right? Like it wasn't just me. We both like started laughing. We were like, yeah, like we looked over to the pantry cook and he was also like laughing like, yeah, I saw it too. And I was like, okay. I can't say for certain that this is what the female spirit was referring to, but it's the first thing that popped into my head seeing Sarah swipe at the counter in a motion that looked like she was sliding something across it. But Sarah continued to get more from her. But she's not leaving this space. She's happy where she's at. And noting that she doesn't mean to scare you guys when you're leaving or when you're not aware, she tends to shift things around. And that's just her, just... Sometimes she thinks things need to be in a certain place. That's all. Something was broken, I guess, and she's saying that she didn't do that. So I'll go back and investigate that a little bit further. But it wasn't back here. It was, like, somewhere in the front. But she's saying that wasn't her. Um, almost a little apologetic for not preventing it from happening. Really weird. Again, another experience came to mind here. Just outside the kitchen at the bar is where Ona Paola had her first experience when she first got the building. She witnessed the coffee mugs falling by the bar three nights in a row. It's the first thing that ever made her suspicious that something was here. She reported nothing broke in these incidences, but again, her story came to mind here. Any sense of era, time period? Yeah, she's she's older than the man. So I'm going to put her, yes, 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 
30s. Let's put her maybe in late 40s. When she was 30? When she was 30. So late 40s, any, late 50s. Any ethnicity at all? She looks like she would be Hispanic, a Hispanic female. Very vibrant. She's like just a very vibrant person. Her personality is big. And I would think at that age she was very like, she spoke her mind even though it was an era that she should not have. And that's just who she was. She was like, I'm going to do this and that's how I'm going to do it. Um, and she just stays where she wants to be. They both actually speak Spanish. Both the man and the woman do. Yeah, now I want to deal with the man. So her messaging was really, she didn't break whatever it is that fell off the wall. And this, that she's not going anywhere, so she doesn't need to scare you. On our way out of the kitchen, Sarah actually got her name. Estrella. That's her name. Star. I didn't understand what that meant before. Now I know that's her name. We moved back into the main dining area just to kind of see if Sarah could pick up more on the male presence and also understand a little bit more about how the male presence and Estrella interacted in the space. I was also curious if she could pick up on his physical features because I was secretly wondering, is this Leon? Is he the six foot tall man that people see downstairs and is he able to move up and down in the building? Let's go with this man here. So this is his territory and apparently he can go to the kitchen um, but he likes to come through here go through the front it feels like he stops at this wall so because I haven't seen him actually cross into this way except for going to the kitchen using that back he likes to travel like through so he likes to use that back way to get in but not for some reason he doesn't cross through here and I'm trying to figure out why I don't know. He doesn't feel any different. Um, I don't know why he can't cross through there, but he stays back here. And again, Sarah is standing in the exact spot where Paola showed us the footsteps are heard from below. So that appears to be this male presence's domain. And Sarah even imitated him walking around that area in this moment. Um, he's more um, security style-like, I guess. Does that make sense? I don't know. His frame is maybe... Small, a little smaller. He's a little shorter than I am. His hips are really wide, but his upper body is very thin, very clean cut. Like everything's really in its place. His clothing kind of fits a little loose, but because he knows he's gaining weight, right? So his like thighs are bigger. His legs, I can't see his feet. Um, as opposed to hers, I can't see her feet. So she's a very solid spirit. He's more protective, just more guarding. This is what he does. He guards the area, but he's not from this actual building. He came in with someone. And it was a male, male staff member, and just kind of stayed. So I think he was related to that person and liked the environment and stayed here. Somebody he called Chacho, but it feels like it was like a while ago. Like that person's probably not here anymore. He just ended up staying here because he liked it. So he's taken on the more protective role. I don't know why he's in this space, but if I'm guessing it's because she cannot travel this way either. But I don't think she can travel at all because she's literally stopping right at that breaking point in the room. Sarah's referring to Estrella, the female spirit from the kitchen and front bar area. She's saying that from that front bar area where the petition starts midway in the dining area, she doesn't seem to cross that way and the male doesn't seem to cross her way either. Also, some things I was noting from the details Sarah had gotten from the male presence just didn't line up with the male presence that most of the staff had reported He was tall, kind of slim in most cases, and also felt 
a little bit dominating and playful, whereas this male presence seemed protective and appeared to be isolated more to this left dining area, where no one had really reported seeing a shadow figure or a male presence. I wonder... Hold on, let me see. No, she can't go through there either. So he's just a staple, just a staple of your room. This is where he's at. Something's different from here. He's pointing that out to me. It's like he recognizes the space but doesn't, but he's accepting that it's changed. That's what he's giving me. But he's also not going anywhere. He's very stable with what's what's happening here and just accepting that whatever changes happened uh, to the building itself. We didn't know it at this time, but Sarah was picking up on actual renovations that happened to the building when Paola got the space. We'll touch on this later, but in this moment, Sarah was drawn for the first time to the back of the building, behind the upstairs bar. She didn't know what she was feeling, but she kept saying, it feels different back here. I informed her that there was a basement, and I could already see her demeanor changing. She seemed a lot more hesitant and reserved. I walked her over to the door that leads down to Milonga. I pushed it open. She just stood there for a moment. Finally, we went through the door and stood at the top of the landing, looking down into the dark concrete stairway. Sarah was visibly much more nervous now, clasping her hands and clapping them in a way that I hadn't seen her do before. I noticed she picks up certain ticks sometimes when she starts to feel a little uneasy in places, and this was a new one for me. Hmm. You're getting that it looks different? Different. This is not right. Okay. And this is a different spirit. Standing at the top of these basement stairs, knowing about all the reports from the countless staff members about the experiences that they've had down here, and now seeing Sarah's nervous demeanor, had me thinking, we might have just found Leon. And I don't know how he's going to treat Sarah, or us, but either way, we'd have to travel down these stairs and put Sarah face to face with whatever was down here, to possibly get answers for Paula and her staff, once and for all. After this short break, Learn what entity Sarah discovers lurking in this cafe's basement, and if this is in fact the spirit many of the staff attribute their experiences to. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Oh Boy Print Shop, custom printed t-shirts made in Austin with love. Now there are many reasons why I love this family-owned print shop and why Oh Boy is my go-to shop for all things night owl, but let me pick one to rave to you about today. Have you ever ordered custom tees from an event or bought some from your favorite band or company, only to realize that they're thick, scratchy, and look like you're wearing a bag that isn't very flattering on you? Well, that's one thing that won't happen to you when you're with Oh Boy Print Shop. They offer a variety of t-shirts to provide the right choice to meet your needs. I myself prefer comfortable, slightly fitted tees that look and feel awesome enough to wear every day, either by themselves or under a throwover shirt or sweater. Old Boy Print Shop helped me pick out a tee that fit those needs, and honestly, when I open my closet in the morning, I skip all my other tees and go straight for the Night Owl shirt because it's the most comfortable and flattering tee in my entire closet now. Oh Boy's aim is to provide you with the options that help you get the product that meets your every need. So, there's no more need for hesitating. Order your first batch of custom printed tees with Oh Boy Print Shop today, and you'll be in great hands. Plus, now you can get $50 off your first order by simply mentioning the Night Owl Podcast. So what are you waiting for? Visit ohboyprintshop.com. That's O-H-B-O-Y printshop.com. 
We discovered slightly higher EMF readings throughout the entire building, a solid explanation for the lights flickering, and even heard Franklin's theory on how the mirrors and candlelight could be an answer for the staff seeing the shadow figure downstairs. But a lot of this didn't explain away the noises people heard in the morning or at closing time upstairs, and the detailed report of a six-foot-tall male presence seen in the basement. So when we finally made it to the basement stairs and I saw Sarah's demeanor change, I hoped we might get more validation for what the majority of the staff here at Buenos Aires Cafe were seeing. I could tell they wanted to know if they were imagining things or not, and I wanted to know the truth too. Hmm. You're getting that it looks different? Different. This is not right. Okay. And this is a different spirit. Wait, I have to ask permission. Okay. I needed an answer. Okay. Just step in. Let's go first. Right away, Sarah pushed down the hallway to the curtain that led into Milonga room. She went through the curtain and stepped inside. This is a male spirit. So we're now standing in the very room everyone we spoke to believed to be the predominant space for the male presence everyone believed to haunt this building. And now Sarah is seeing a male spirit. I was avoiding it, Stephen. I didn't want to come back here. Did you feel the space before? This one's different. Yeah, I just didn't... I didn't want to come back here. Male. Flighty. Come on. His energy is different. He's much older. Older as far as, like, been here longer? Older older than... Older than... Well, he's been here longer. And he's older in age than the two that are upstairs. You get anything? Not by much. It feels like um, him... And the other male spirit are almost around the same age. I want to get him to talk to me. Hold on. You need any visuals of him at all? I'm getting little bits and pieces. I don't care about that. Let's move up. I want to see your face. There you go. Dark hair. It's called, like, um, I don't know if you remember those uh, men that used to put the, what is it, the tres flores or whatever it's called that they put it in their hair? His face is thin, like female fe- features. Very thin, long, and he's got that elated, um, the air of arrogance slathered all over him. It's great. He's establishing this is his space. Not just this space, all of it. Very arrogant, I like it. So in life he would have been a very big, boisterous kind of person, but he normally is in here. But I think that's because of um, Estrella and the other man. Even though he's laying claim to the whole territory, this is the only space that's his. And only around here, because Estrella comes up and down this ceiling and the wall on this side. So that is her space. He's flashing a lot of, like, I look at me, I'm awesome, I'm amazing kind of tones at me. His name is, come on, give it to me. Nope. All right, it's fine. I'll get back to it. It'll come. There were so many validations within just minutes of entering the longer room. And Sarah was getting more. Little things like uh, moving objects, touching people. He likes to do quite a bit because he's experimenting with the technique. 
So an example, you know, just practice. He's practicing, even though he's been he's been dead for quite some time. He likes to, you know, touch uh, people when they come in, when they come down, um, especially when everything's turned off. Uh, and you're on the way up the stairs. There's that last minute. He likes to do that. If you were to see him, you're only going to see him as a shadow. He does not have um, the energy enough right now to fully appear is what I'm getting because he's not even giving me, he's only giving me bits and pieces of himself at a time. So I think he can't fully manifest. This was getting interesting now. Every report that was reported about the sighting of this male presence was only in shadow form. So for Sarah to hit on this was pretty fascinating to me and I wanted to know more. What about his size? Can you tell that? Yeah, he's uh, a little taller than me. He's about six foot, maybe, possibly. I'm thinking around the size of Alex. Another hit. Six foot tall. Shadowy male figure. I think we found Leon. This new spirit seemed arrogant and expressed that the basement was his space, according to Sarah. And if you can recall, Ona Paola and Milonga bartender Sydney both stated in their interviews that they strongly believed that this space was his space. But his face is the most clear, kind of. Um, he's got really long eyelashes. His eyes are dark, so I'm not sure if they're brown or if they're just dark black or I'm not quite sure. I'm just getting a dark, dark view. But it's just his face is very, it's more on the feminine side. He doesn't really have like facial hair or anything like that. Very clean. Um, and again, with the stuff Call in me. his hair. Yeah. How about uh, ethnicity? Nothing yet or? I'm leaning towards Hispanic, but I don't think that's right. I don't know. I don't know. Somewhere in between. Like, maybe he has dual-raced. He's just got, his features are just so different. He is vocal. So he does talk. Okay, so if you can talk, why can't I see you clearly? Because <laughs> he doesn't want to. Okay. No messaging. This is just his, where he is. I don't know, I need to talk to Estrella a little bit more. We'll go to her territory to do that. I need to ask her a couple questions about this guy. But nothing too bad. He, I mean, he hangs out here. He just likes to mess with you. He's that uh, guy that thinks it's fun. Employee Allison, who you've already heard recount many experiences in the building, was also the person everyone on staff felt this male presence liked to mess with the most. She was down in the basement and overheard Sarah saying some of this and later spoke to me about it. But it's kind of insane to me. I just, I went downstairs and I briefly overheard her say something about he's playful. And that's, that's exactly it. He very much thinks that it's entertaining and it's funny and it's, you know. Allison had a lot of experiences with this particular spirit. And I had heard before even interviewing her that she was the one I needed to talk to. However, things didn't go well the day I came to interview her on December 1st. She actually backed out and canceled while we were there on day one of investigating without Sarah. I was upset, not at her, but just with the fact that I thought I wouldn't be able to feature her accounts on the show. I learned from Paula that the reason she didn't want to come was because she was scared to talk about everything, especially in the building. Eventually, I was able to convince her to come the next day, and she agreed to do her interview outside on East 6th Street. But she felt that talking about Leon and the stuff that she'd experienced would only make things worse if she was inside. 
Now, you've already heard her stories. I put them in the first part of this series, but honestly, I felt our interviews were rushed, and I wondered if she'd fully opened up about the activity that she'd experienced, directly relating to Leon or the smell presence in Milonga room. So on this day, while I interviewed her in private on East 6th Street, Sarah was sitting in the dining room at Buenos Aires Cafe trying to get more info from the three spirits. While finishing up the interview with Allison on the street, an idea came to me. If Allison was up for it, I'd like to take her down into Milonga with Sarah and see if the male spirit reacted. Allison was hesitant, but I promised her that we were not the type to antagonize or provoke, and with Sarah there, we could possibly get some answers as to why the spirit picked on her the most. She finally agreed. Before heading down with Allison, I wanted to check in with Sarah to get some updates on what she'd gotten while inside the dining room. They're all talking about changes. I guess the changes to this place must be recent. Oh, I suck with faces, but his eyebrows are thin. What I liked about his face were his eyelashes. Is this the one downstairs? Yeah. He didn't give you a name, right? No. I'll get one. See, I'm wondering if his body really was tall or if he just appears that way. But if he can talk... I'm just speaking out loud, sorry. Go for it, yeah. Um, he can touch. He should be clear. So, yeah, maybe he doesn't want me to see him all the way through. And you think he's been here long, the longest, you Longer said? Longer than these two, these yeah. Two. The female, Estrella, Estrella, is tied to the building. She's tied to the building. He's uh, this one. I can't get a name for him. The you one on the right yeah. side of the building. He's upstairs. not... He came in, but not tied to the building. As far as tied, I mean, those are the two, when I walked in, the two predominant spirits of the building. They're they're here. Like, they're not, but they didn't originate. She did. He didn't. Yeah. The one downstairs also originated with the building. Um, he's more tied to the people. So if you go there, he'll, you know, he's the one who likes to reach out. He likes to reach out and touch people. He enjoys that. I'm going to talk to you and freak you out a little bit. But he's made it, he, it's like he's saying, this was actually all just me at one point in time, right? That it was just him here. And then all of these extras just kind of came in as an extra. But he's not giving me a good timeline as to when that happened. Like, I don't know when the change happened, when he started being, because he was up here, but he was pushed down. So Does it, feel- it could be change. It could be more... Everything around him has changed a little bit, so that's a safer space to go to um, because it's really not, it hasn't changed as much as he, you know, it's changed up here. So the downstairs not, is not as different? It's not as, as, as different as it was, up, yeah, as it is up here. It's completely different. Paolo, with the building, was there a lot of changes done on this level? Yes, I did a major renovation a couple of years okay. ago. And then basement area. <clears throat> How drastically was that renovated? When we made Milonga, we took that wall down and we created a whole, the whole way that you go towards dry storage. Okay. I mean, it was a pretty small wall. It's not like a major... I, we never touched anything structure-wise. So Sarah had actually hit on some of the renovations in the building, too. At one point upstairs, she went to a wall and said, This isn't right. It's a wall that Paola explained was completely taken down and restructured in their dining area. But when we eventually moved on from this, Sarah had some news for us. The male presence downstairs had started to give her his name. And it wasn't Leon. 
I did get uh, downstairs name Armando is what I'm gonna go with because that's it's it was like Mando and something. So let's go with Armando. Let's go a full name, and I want to go back just downstairs to see if I can get his last name because I think he's probably the most significant piece. If you were to go back and do your research, it might pop up him or his family members. So I'm getting like he either knew the owner of the building or was related to the owner of the building initially, like initially this space, whatever the space was. So I want to see if I can get you a last name or another name that you can reference because that'll probably be easier if you do research. Uh, hopefully he'll give it to me. Estrella, I still haven't been able to coax the last name out of her, but I'll I'll see if I can. But she seems she's just very friendly, and I just needed to ask her permission going down to downstairs for her. So I just thought it was it was neat that she was like, "Where are you going?" I don't know what she's trying to tell me, in other words. But she's also like all of them kind of seem either of Hispanic kind of or origin. That's where it's coming from. I'm not seeing anything else. I could be wrong. I don't think so. But they've all had, like, hints of Spanish in them, so that's where I'm going to go with. Where do you want to uh, go next to sit and just kind of absorb and try to communicate more? I do want to go downstairs with Armando, but very limited people because yes, I kind that of was too wanted. much. And I needed, I, needed him to, I needed him to focus. So he was all over the place. Okay. So I needed to focus. Sarah and I headed down into Milonga alone to see if the smell spirit would give us more. All right, Armando, let's see. Give me some information. Estrella, stop it. I'm going to send you back upstairs just for a minute. Can you please do that for me? Please, please. All right, thank you. Let me see if I can look around in that view. So it looks like Austin, but Austin old? Like there's no big buildings. There's no, as a matter of fact, there's no, there's no I-35. It's a road. It's a little streets. Lots of trees everywhere. Uh, so, so he's been in Austin for a long time. Okay, so that's Austin in the nineteen what hundreds. Let's see, how old are you really? This would have been in the yeah, in the nineteen twenties. So he's a nineteen hundred born type person. Okay, cool. Name. Oh God, I almost had it uh, again. I'm getting like, maybe it's easy. Let's isolate that. So you're looking for Guzman. Man. Like a, I'm seeing like boxes. Like a, it looks like a, not moonshine bottles. Beer bottles. They're making it. They're making beer. So the property would have been owned by them. So if you do your research, that's probably where you're going to get it. And that, that, I don't know, I couldn't understand clearly if it was an uncle or a father, but it's, it's Hermin is the name. Like Germ, Germaine? Hermin? Guzman? The, the person that he the, was related to? That he was related to. Like this was all once, you know, it belonged. His ownership of it. And then the changes that are, like he's giving me like changes, like different... Uh, changes in the city, changes in the earth, changes on the like the buildings. As as things are moving, he's noting all of these changes, and it's almost like he's recluced here to this area, to this space. It's what he knew, and it's experienced the least amount of change for him. 
and he's talking about upstairs being very different and there's too much like it's too open it's too much for him so he comes down here but he still needs that interaction he still needs to be around people I saw I'm assuming alive he was a very charismatic uh, always with people person that's what he's coming across and since he's reclused himself down to this area he needs to mess with people so he needs to that enjoyment that interaction because he's interacting one way and doesn't get an interaction the other way so he's forcing that interaction to happen I felt that this was the perfect time to bring Allison down into the basement I told Sarah that I was going to bring several employees that have had experiences in the building one by one down into the basement so she could just see if she got any information from the spirits about their interactions with these individuals This way she wouldn't just think I was bringing down one person that might have had a ton of experiences in Milonga. Okay, I'm going down to Milonga with Allison. Allison. We're going to take a couple of people down here, but I just want to bring y'all individually first. Okay. Okay. Armando. I forgot to tell Steve, sorry. What'd you do to this poor girl? Tell me. Let's see if he says anything. She runs. She's the runner. Okay. Allison laughed nervously in this moment. She hadn't told me any stories about her running. She mentioned that she was closing manager a lot and that she would have to leave quickly and leave lights on to get out of the building because she was scared. But I'd never heard her say that she physically ran out of here. Yours is more touch, associated with touch, touch and feel. This one he's giving me. I hadn't recalled if Allison had told me that she was touched before, but I do remember Paula telling me a story where she witnessed Allison move oddly in Milonga one day, and she looked like she'd been touched by something. Just a few weeks ago, we had a meeting in that corner, and the second we sat down, I, like, happened to look at her, and she just went, like, like this, like, oh, like, like, she felt like somebody touched. She didn't say anything, but she was just like, okay, well, he's right there, and just we carry on with her, with our meeting. Now that I had Allison down in Milonga with Sarah, I wanted her to tell me if anything Sarah had just told her had made any sense to her. So what else that she said is any of it make any sense to you? Um, I have ran out of here many times. I run up the stairs and have ran out the door and have left lights on and things like that because I was very terrified (laughs) Um, and he's put his hand on my I felt like somebody put their hand on my thigh before when I was sitting here doing paperwork by myself one night Um, and again ran out (laughs) literally ran away Um, so yeah then Allison opened up about something something that had happened at the cafe that's bothered her for some time it involved another person who claimed that she could talk to spirits, who visited Melonga just two weeks prior to us arriving. I was told that uh, a lady spoke with him a couple weeks ago, um, and essentially my roommate had told her a little bit about my experience, and she said that she had a conversation with him, and he agreed to be less active, and then he, and he was... Um, but also he told her something and he said to not tell me 
and like and the people I work with also like a few of them know and they haven't nobody's told me but I'm curious as to if he would tell me what that like was that he used to know um, he's attracted to you okay. it's an attraction and it's not in a bad way you just look like somebody that he used to know okay. um, so his intention was not to make you run but Allison ended this conversation by whispering, Oh my God, this is crazy. I was able to get the name of the employee that had witnessed this sensitive person come in. Her name was Gala. She was no longer working at the cafe, but I was able to track down her number. I wanted to see if she'd tell me what this psychic said that the male presence had said about Allison, what he asked her to keep secret from her at that time. So my name is Gala. Um, I'm, I was a former employee at Buenos Aires Cafe. During my time there, there once was another former employee by the name of Jorge who came in with a friend and they sat at the bar. They hung around for a little bit, had some drinks, and then Jorge asked if him and his friend, who was a female, to go downstairs to the Milonga room just to check it out. Um, I said, yeah, no problem, and I guided them downstairs. Uh, and as soon as we got downstairs, she just started going off to the right-hand corner of the room and just started talking to somebody from what it looked like. Um, I kind of looked at Jorge because I was like, what is going on? Um, and he was like, oh, she like talks to spirits. Something along the lines of she knew what she was doing and like not to worry. And then after a while, she came back and was like, so um, there's a girl that he likes. Um, you're not really supposed to say anything to her because he has a crush on her and he doesn't want to be inappropriate. Uh, we tried really hard not to tell Allison just because we figured that that was some sort of bargain as to him leaving her and us alone. For the staff at Buenos Aires Cafe, I felt our work here wasn't done. We still didn't quite know who these spirits were. And honestly, I don't know if we'll ever truly know. But I feel I needed to try and dig up as much as I could through research. What I discover sheds light on the colorful and astonishing history of this building, located at the corner of Waller and East 6th Street. A history that, in many ways, may have ties to what Sarah is seeing. Then... On a hunch, through my archived interviews with one employee that keep calling to me, I discover that one of the staff members at Buenos Aires Cafe might actually be sensitive and perhaps have a gift similar to Sarah's. The troublesome thing is with this discovery, some of the activity at Buenos Aires Cafe now may not all be attributed to the three spirits that Sarah has been seeing, but that more may be following this employee to work. Tune in on March 25th to hear the conclusion of this series. While we bring Sarah in to try to help this employee understand what's really happening, I uncover a beautiful hidden history behind this building, and Sarah validates something that leaves me shaken by the end of this case. Thanks for listening to episode 16 of the Night Owl Podcast, and I'd like to thank my team, Sarah, Alexis, and Franklin for going on these crazy adventures with me. Nicholas Fair and P.D. Wilder for your talented musical contributions to the show, and my very supportive wife, Tao, for sticking with me all these late nights and long hours, and for taking amazing photographs on every case. And last but not least, David Dalton of Driftwork Sound for mastering every single episode on the tight turnarounds I give him. 
please support their works by visiting our website, thenightowlpodcast.com, and clicking on the About tab. There you can find links to all their individual works and websites. And to help keep this show going, and my team and I fed and caffeinated, please support us for as little as a dollar a month on our Patreon page. This contribution not only helps me keep this show alive, you gain access to a ton of cool behind-the-scenes stuff. So please visit patreon.com backslash the Night Owl podcast and become a Night Owl patron today. And a special thanks to this episode's sponsor, Oh Boy Print Shop. If you have the need for custom t-shirt printing, you can feel at ease in the hands of Oh Boy Print Shop. Be sure to mention the Night Owl podcast to get $50 off your first order. Thank you all, and stay restless out there. This podcast was mastered by David Dalton of Driftwork Sound. If you're ready to up the production quality of your podcast or music, go to driftworksound.com. That's D-R-I-F-T, worksound.com. And get your project mixed, mastered, or produced using well-established methods and unconventional techniques. That's driftworksound.com. And remember, your first master is completely free.